Hi, this is James Barclay, and this is the Unprecedented Business Growth Podcast Series. Welcome to the next podcast in our series, Converting Short-Term Growth to Long-Term Growth, Assertively Minimizing Business Acquisition Expenses. Earlier in my career, I worked in the reinsurance sector. The debate between reinsurers, that's the insurer of an insurer, and the intermediaries, the brokers like myself, who supplied them with the overwhelming majority of their business, was over the size and quantum of the commission paid in return for the work that was undertaken and the results that was achieved. In the early 1990s, a 15% commission was quite common on most reinsurance placements. Reinsurers faced with softening reinsurance marketplace, increased competition, and a requirement to replenish depleted capital from past underwriting errors, pressed hard to lower commission levels with limited success. Indeed, the debate shifted from one about the value added of each party brought to the reinsurance transaction to an emotional one, both sides moving to an adversarial position, which neither benefited the client, the reinsurer, or the reinsurance broker. The lesson with this tale is that where organizations are in an alliance, i.e. they're dependent on each other, to obtain a piece of the action, both sides need to see a win-win situation. For many organizations, who are part of a similar value chain when their market dominance is insignificant, minimizing business acquisition expenses necessitates a primary focus as follows. Number one, what can you do now internally in your organization to dramatically improve your client's condition? How can you make it easier for your clients to buy your products and services? How can you move the client's relationship from a competitive position to one where they would hate to leave you? Almost all organizations have self-limiting policies, systems, and procedures that have no tangible benefit for the customer. Identify them, challenge their purpose, and remove them. Bureaucracy mushrooms in larger organizations where people feel a need to protect their turf. What systems and monitoring do you have in your organization to stop this aggregation of policies and procedures running amok? and impacting your business acquisition costs. If your client has a personal relationship with your retail manager, why shouldn't your wholesale manager not be afforded the opportunity to establish a relationship with that same individual? In many cases, the tools, support, and reward systems prohibit or make the incentive to do this unattractive. Again, investigate, weed out these incongruent organizational structures, people, and systems with a fervor. Number two, let's look at the external actions. How well do you understand the value chain you operate in and the self-interest of each constituent? Evidence suggests that we form assumptions early in our career through peer learning and interaction that creates tremendous personal biases. In larger organizations, those biases become critical to local decision-making. We reference past successes and failures and the short-term results when shaping longer-term growth. Yet in many high-growth markets, the value chain has to adapt to local needs and preferences. Selling life insurance in China since the formative days of AIA has relied on a huge mass of life insurance salesmen selling commission-linked policies. Yet by contrast in the United States, 
that the fastest expanding life insurance distribution channel is online, where it's a web portal in the workplace or at home. The inherent 1960s with an abundance of life insurance salesmen is becoming a moribund career of destination. Here's a technique I would urge any of you looking to convert short-term improvements in business acquisition expenses into long-term profitability. Number one, start with internal areas of improvement. Prioritize those with the highest impact on your customers' ease of purchasing your product and service, not solely perceived profit improvement. Number two, move on to external improvements. Understand in each market the value chain and each constituent's self-interest. In all likelihood, you will need to set up a win-win situation for a specific improvement. For example, the lottery operator dependent on retail corner shop sellers of lottery tickets would be well advised at introducing faster, more effective technology and marketing materials than trying to simply cut out the seller via direct sales. The former builds the client relationship with the retail distributor and the lottery, and the latter creates an adversarial relationship leading to negative local media coverage and accusations of Goliath trying to crush David. Number three, assess the probability and seriousness of each action on not just the tangible costs, but most importantly on the intangible and peripheral benefits. Number four, appeal to each constituent's self-interest to gain acceptance of proposed changes. And number five, give accountability to those at the front line to suggest improvements and reward them for ideas that lead to lower client acquisition costs. For example, positioning the cross-sell opportunity at the end of the client meeting, suggesting an improvement in your online purchasing tools, generating referrals for your colleagues, and changes to your product packaging, and so forth. Minimizing business acquisition expenses is rarely about one single action. It's about a collection of actions which aggregated together have a tremendous impact on your bottom line. I'd urge you to think clearly about those comments and the pointers and the techniques I've just shared with you and look forward to welcoming you back to the next podcast in our series, Converting Short-Term Growth into Long-Term Growth. This has been Unprecedented Business Growth with me, James Barclay.